Hi friends, just wanted to drop in and let you know that this video is sponsored by a ministry called Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling offers counseling for mental health from a biblical perspective. To get 10% off of your first month of therapy, go to my link, faithfulcounseling.com slash thisdayministries. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us on this Thursday. Why don't you go ahead and kind of introduce yourself to everybody and share a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah, so I work for Live Original, which is a ministry founded by Sadie Rob Huff. Um, I am the counselor on staff, which is really exciting. So my job has a little uh, bit of a different twist on it than maybe most jobs on the rest of my team. Um, I do work with the team on um, conference things and help out with, you know, little things on the app and stuff. But my main role is really seeing clients locally to uh, Louisiana. So I have an office in West Monroe and I have just clients that come in kind of needing different things through um, their life experiences, whether that's trauma, just working through friendship, um, kind of challenges and relationships and things like that. So it's really been super awesome. I got my master's um, in clinical mental health counseling at Auburn University, where I also did my undergrad. Um, love Auburn. It is such a special place to me. Um, and now I live in Louisiana. So I'm a Louisiana native. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. And Live Original is such an incredible ministry and a great outlet to for so many young girls to plug into yeah. and to get involved in. That's so great. Uh, one question we ask everybody that comes on the podcast is what is keeping you present during this day, whether it's a quote, uh, just a song or anything, it can be anything. So what's, what's keeping you present during this day? Yeah, man, I love that. That is uh, such a simple yet such a hard question to yeah. answer because um, I'm sure everyone has a very different answer. Every person that you have on your podcast, um, Hmm. Today, I would say it's just taking things minute by minute. Um, sometimes Thursdays are, are really big days for me. Sometimes they're slow days for me. And sometimes I really do. I'm, I'm really bad about looking to the future, just like the next big, exciting thing. And so just taking, um, sounds funny. This is the counselor in me coming out, taking just appreciation for the small moments, taking deep breaths and um, taking those moments that I do have that are slow and just kind of basking in them and being grateful for them. Um, I always start my morning kind of the same, whether that's I wake up and I work out or I wake up and I spend time with the Lord and then work out. So doing things that are repetitive for me also help me stay present. I love that. That's so good. Now, kind of staying in that topic, in that area, we live in a culture of so much distraction. Like distraction is everywhere 100% of the time, whether it's your phone, just work, whatever it may be, distraction is super present. How can we kind of fix or um, focus away from the distraction to just be more present? Yeah. Um I think it's so dependent upon that person's life and their story and in their season specifically. I think depending on what season you're in, you might have the ability to be a little more present or you might not have the ability. And so I think um, it's hard to make a blanket statement, but I will say for the person that's in the season of like extreme busyness, 
being present um, doesn't look like removing all of those things that are making you busy, but finding small moments to just kind of be where you are. Um, I, grad school was the busiest season of my life going yeah. from classes to seeing clients and also being a newlywed. So I, I get that like busyness, the distraction. And I think if I could change anything, I would change being on my phone in, um, moments that I really should have been doing something else. Um, that might be such a cliche answer. Cause I think everyone no. is like, I'll be on my phone less, but um, I think it really would have helped me not feel so busy, not so rushed and just kind of take in what's going on around me. I'm, I'm learning so much. I'm deepening my relationship with, um, my husband, I'm growing and being a counselor and I'm counseling people. And, um, I think it's hard in those moments to appreciate how hard life is. Yeah, Absolutely. And I think now just with so much of everything is on your phone, whether it's like the grocery store app, the Chick-fil-A app, there's yeah. so, so much like on yeah. your phone that you're like, okay, I have to go on my phone to do this, to get my groceries, to go on Amazon, like whatever yeah. it may be, it's on your phone. So yeah. just trying to give yourself that peace and that time away is so, yes. so important. Yes. And I think the time away from your phone, uh, obviously not everyone has the ability to completely remove their phone from their life, right? Like even yeah. you're just saying like, I'm so reliant on my maps. I always will be. So I have to have my phone around me when I'm in the car, but yeah. knowing like my boundary with my phone of, okay. Um, like I have a time limit on Instagram and my husband has the passcode. So once I'm done, I'm done. Like I can't even get myself, yeah. back on. but that really does help me not just waste the day not just scroll mindlessly. Sometimes I still do that. Right. But just being aware of like, okay, I'm scrolling today just for the sake of scrolling can help kind of be less distracted. Absolutely. I, that's so, so, so good. Now you mentioned that you are on staff with the original, you work just in counseling and you're one of their professionals there on staff. So mental health, it is so, so big in our culture today. How can we just actively kind of take steps towards combating the mental health stigma, if you want to call it? Mm, yeah. Um, it's a great question. I think the stigma maybe specifically to answer that around mental health is shifting a little bit, um, depending on where you are. Uh, I think there's maybe some expectation for everyone to go to counseling, some expectation for you still only counseling if you're in a really hard spot. Um, and specifically with mental health, like it has to be one specific way. Your healing has to look one specific way. Mm -hmm. We have to fit this mold um, of what it looks like to be mentally healthy. And mm -hmm. I think mental health is if you think about it, you're just trying to make your, your brain and your mind and your spirit and your soul healthy. Um, there's not this one right way. And I think having conversations of like, I'm in a hard season versus my life is hard are really valuable and really important because what you're doing when you acknowledge it's a season is you're, you're not rooting it to your identity. 
in your entire life. It's like, I'm, I'm in a hard moment. I'm going through a breakup. I'm going through, you know, uh, I'm new in college and that's really challenging. Um, so just acknowledging like, yeah, things are hard, but that doesn't necessarily mean my life has to be hard. And that really impacts the way you think about yourself, the way you think about your life and impacting your, your mental health. Absolutely. That's, that's so good. And I think that somebody, whoever listens to this is definitely going to be impacted by that and definitely needs to hear that. Now for the individual that's just struggling to find their purpose, whether they're new in a new city, they're trying to figure out where they're going to go to college next year, whatever that might be, what advice would you have for them? My college experience was so awesome. I loved Auburn. Um, Picking a college was oddly easy for me. Um, I don't think I had, I I'll say it this way. I really knew where I wanted to go and I knew I wasn't going to get into that school. Um, and so quickly I was like, okay, I have to be more realistic with my expectations. And I toured a few SEC schools, um, in the South and just fell in love with Auburn. And I think for me, that was my answer. Like I just fell in love with the campus and how I felt being there. Uh, It felt peaceful. It felt um, comforting and just homey. And the day I visited was not uh, a representation of what that actually, that feeling was inside of me. It was rainy and it was 80 degrees in February. And it was, it was the grossest day ever but something about Auburn I loved. And so I always kind of think back to that day of like the circumstances really didn't make me want to be there, but it's the way I felt being on that campus. And um, I know plenty of people that have gone to one school, transferred to another, and they're grateful that they transferred and, you know, kind of having to go through making a decision that maybe wasn't right for them to then kind of recognize um, where they should be. And I think that's totally normal. That's totally okay. And um, you might not have the perfect experience at college and that's also okay. You might have a great time and and that's amazing. But I think we put a lot of pressure on decisions like that. It is a big decision, but it's not the ultimate decision. Um, You can find great community anywhere. You can find a great church anywhere. You can find a great program anywhere you go. If you're looking for yourself, you're not looking to please someone else. You're not looking, um, based off of what, um, the school like academics are, but it's like, what is it going to do to help you become who God is wanting you to be, who's writing, uh, Mm -hmm. in your life and in your story. I think that's a really important thing that sometimes not everyone remembers when you're looking at colleges specifically is like, you need to remember who God is building you to be. And is that place going to help that or hurt that? Yeah, that's, that's so true. I know for me, I um, went to Liberty University and it's kind of like you, the moment I stepped onto that campus, I was like, I just feel something different here. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like this is somewhere that I want to be a part. Like I want to go and spend these next four years or however long of my of my life here, you know, like this is a, this is a big decision. So you just have to have that peace about you. Yes. And I think 
too, with, um, you know, both of our experiences of having that peace, someone could be like, well, I haven't had peace about going anywhere. You know, it's like yeah. everyone has such different experiences, but if, a, if you don't have peace, um, if you're just kind of like, man, I don't know where to go. Maybe God is just telling you to make a decision. You know, maybe that's yeah. just make a step, take a step to, to the path that is laid out before you. And um, you might fail and you might succeed, but either way, God is going to always be by your side in that. Absolutely. That's so good. Now, for people that are dealing with anxiety, dealing with any anxiety over anything, to get to these places of walking in freedom, to get to these places of just feeling the place of, hey, I feel finally free from all of this anxiety. What are just some small steps that they can take, whether it's today, tomorrow, next month, or in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, um, I love helping people walk in freedom. Um, that is the the heartbeat behind why I became a counselor is to really be a helper, be someone that um, has been there and has experienced it. And also I wanted to obviously take a step further and educate myself in it. You know, what does the research say? What is the the practical ways that we can overcome anxiety and depression? Because we do have scripture to tell us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen and even for myself, sometimes just saying those scriptures don't really do much for me. And I've always wondered, okay, why? And, uh, I, I think it's, it's because we just put that bandaid over the anxiety and depression rather than kind of like digging through that scripture, what it really is, is implying and saying to us, um, I kind of have this way of organizing in my brain, um, different reasons for anxiety and depression. And I think that has given me the ability to know what the outcome should be based off of, um, where I can categorize. So I'll give you an example, um, two very different categories, um, that I would kind of in my brain understand is, um, if I'm causing myself anxiety versus, or depression versus, um, it being like a trauma response two very, very different ends of the spectrum, right. Um, needing very different responses. So if I'm causing it, that might look like, um, being active. And for me personally, it was a relationship that I knew I needed to get out of. Um, I was unwilling, I wasn't listening to God's voice. I was disobedient in that. And it caused me so much anxiety. Now, if I were in that moment to try to respond the same way I would, um, if it was a traumatic anxiety, depression response, I would not get the outcome of healing that I'm, I'm seeking, seeking after, for the the trauma response, if I've gone through something horribly traumatic, um, the death of a parent, the death of a loved one, uh, car accident, natural disasters, right? These big things that we identify as like a uh, big trauma. And I try to respond like, oh, I'm causing it myself. I need to get out of this situation. I need to like remove all these exteriors. It's not going to work, right? So I think you have to know where the root is, what's going on to cause the feelings and the emotions. And from there, you can take your steps. Obviously there's uh, basic practical steps of in moments, calming anxiety. 
deep breathing. Um, biblical meditation is something I love to teach my clients because I think uh, people hear the word meditation and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't do meditation. I'm never going to do that. It's actually so biblical um, to meditate. There's a right way to do biblical meditation. And I teach my clients uh, what that process looks like. It's just repeating scripture and slowly understanding each word, what it means, the weight it carries that slows your heart rate down and slows your mind down. And it brings about more peace than anxiety. Um, I think a lot of people also try to completely remove the emotion of anxiety uh, by ignoring it. And uh, that's one of the most harmful things you can do because by ignoring anxiety, you can actually become more anxious. Mm -hmm. And so I always encourage my clients to sit with that anxiety long enough for it to tell you why it's there. And then from there, you get the choice to take that thought captive and give it to God, but you can't take it captive and give it to God unless you know why it's coming up for you. Absolutely. That's so, so, so good. Thank you so much for sharing that, Freddie. That's yeah. great, great advice. And thank you for spending the time that you spent with us today and just sharing your heart and everything that God has placed and called you to do. We so appreciate it. Now, where thank can people you. connect with you and find you and just hear more about all that you're doing? Yes. So uh, Love Original has an app called the Ellis Sister app. Um, I post weekly mental health tips there. Also on Instagram, um, Your Friend Freddie is my professional account, posting encouraging things, again, uh, mental health tips and just uh, encouragement on there. But um, yeah, if you are local to Louisiana, unfortunately, you, I can't see clients outside of the state of Louisiana, but um, I'm always taking clients, always interested in um, speaking and um, helping people out in any capacity I can with my knowledge. So, yeah. That's great. Well, thank you again so much okay. for hanging out with us and again, sharing your heart. We yeah. just love to see all that God's doing in and through you. Thank you.